In this podcast, the Ontario Medical Association looks at current health issues that are on everyone's mind. Spotlight on Health gives you the straight talk. We're Ontario's doctors and your health matters to us. This episode covers misinformation about vaccinations. My name is Vanita Dubay and I'm an Associate Medical Officer of Health with Toronto Public Health and I work in the vaccine program and I also work as an emergency medicine physician just outside the greater Toronto area. There are actually a whole host of questions and concerns that people have about vaccines and a lot of them are what we would quote-unquote call myths or misinformation. There are a lot of people that still think that autism is caused by the MMR vaccine and that has clearly been debunked. Some people are concerned about mercury in vaccines. No childhood vaccine has any mercury in it. A lot of uh, people have myths about the ingredients in vaccines and what they are and how harmful they think that they are. Or they have myths about whether the vaccines can actually give you the disease or even that the vaccines don't work. So there's a whole host of misinformation and myths that people have out there. Vaccines have been around for a long time and vaccines are given to individuals who are healthy. And so there's always been this question of are vaccines really safe? Parents in particular question it now because they're reading things on the internet that have said, look at this child, this child got this and this and this from this vaccine. And a lot of that, again, is false information. And so that's why more concerns are coming up about the safety of vaccines. What I can say, though, is that vaccines are very heavily scrutinized. There's a lot of testing before a vaccine comes to market, meaning before we provide it in clinics. And even after we have a vaccine that's been approved, there is ongoing monitoring to make sure that the vaccine continues to be safe. I find most parents that have questions about vaccine or what we call vaccine hesitant are very earnest in wanting to make the right choices for their child. And so I think if you have a parent who has questions, they should seek the answers, but they should go to trusted sources. So I would say talk to your doctor first with your questions about vaccines. If you go online, uh, be careful how you search because be aware that there is a lot of misinformation on the internet and on social media sites. So if you go online, go to trusted websites where you're confident that what you read is actually science-based information on vaccines. And keep asking your questions, especially of your healthcare provider, until you have the answers that you need. Vaccines contain ingredients, and there's some concern about the ingredients that are in vaccines, but what people don't realize is the ingredients in vaccines are very specific, and they're usually in extremely small quantities. Some of the ingredients in a vaccine work to boost your immune system, and uh, some of those ingredients are actually readily available in the environment. So, for example, something like formaldehyde that might be there to make sure that bacteria or viruses don't overgrow. When you eat fruits and vegetables, you're actually getting a little bit of formaldehyde, or you actually have formaldehyde readily occurring in your body. And so the ingredients in vaccines are sometimes overblown uh, to be seen as harmful, but they're in such small quantities, they're proven to be safe, and they're actually there for very specific reasons to boost the immune system and prevent the vaccine itself from overgrowing. Some individuals have suggested that some of the the lack of trust in vaccines may be related to a lack of trust in general that people have towards governments. But what I would say is if you're making your choices about vaccines, you don't have to just rely on governments to make that choice. You can go to your healthcare providers who are not linked necessarily to government. And you should feel that you're getting that information from an unbiased source. 
Governments themselves actually don't have any stake with the pharmaceutical industry. I personally have never been paid by a pharmaceutical industry. I have no conflicts to disclose. If you feel like there's a mistrust with the government with vaccines, well then go to your doctor or, or nurse to get the information to alleviate some of your fears. Tim Caulfield is a Canadian researcher who's done a lot of work on the celebrity influence of healthcare decision making, and he's done a lot on celebrities making their recommendations against vaccinations. And I would urge parents who are looking for answers for their child to actually go to health professionals who are trained to look into the information and to be able to provide it to a parent rather than relying on celebrity culture. And we know that celebrity culture and influences, as I said, can often be influenced um, through either a product or you know some sort of financial gain. They don't necessarily provide scientific and evidence-informed decisions to the public. Herd immunity is when you get vaccinated and other people get vaccinated, you create a sort of wall that helps to prevent infectious diseases from coming into a community. And the reason why herd immunity is important is because it helps protect those who are vulnerable who may not be able to get vaccinated. So for example, infants who are less than 12 months of age, they can't get the measles, mumps, rubella vaccine. And so by having other people who are protected against measles, you're protecting that infant. Or someone who is on chemotherapy or has a weakened immune system and may not may not be able to protect themselves, you're protecting them as well. So herd immunity, another way we describe it is community immunity, where when you vaccinate yourself, you're also protecting others. In Ontario, we get measles cases that are related to travel. Ontario is a very globally connected province. And when people travel, they will pick up some of these diseases. We know that for a fact. They will come back and they can spread it locally. And so even if you don't travel, even if your children don't travel, even if your children are not around people who travel, they can still get these illnesses. We've had, for example, in Toronto, an outbreak of measles in a childcare centre where the two siblings who were not vaccinated did not travel and did not know anyone who traveled and still they got measles in Toronto. The risks are real and are ongoing. Vaccines have been so successful that a lot of the diseases that we are vaccinated against, we don't see anymore. And so that's actually part of the reason why people question vaccines, because we no longer see smallpox. We no longer have large outbreaks of rubella, for example, or diphtheria. It has long since gone from Canada. And that's part of the reason why people question vaccines, because they have been so successful. And I think we have to be mindful that vaccines have they work, and they've been so successful at eradicating these diseases like smallpox, measles, mumps, rubella, diphtheria, tetanus, polio, like I can go on and on. But if we don't continue to vaccinate and protect our children, we will get these diseases back. And we've seen that in places like Europe and places like the U.S. where they've dropped their guard, their vaccination rates have dropped, and then they've seen outbreaks of things like measles occur. The World Health Organization has listed vaccine hesitancy as one of the top 10 global health threats for 2019. And um, vaccine hesitancy is the reluctance or refusal to vaccinate. The big concern here is that people are choosing not to vaccinate. So you're getting pockets of communities where there are under-vaccinated individuals. They're posing a risk when something like measles comes into the community and you end up with outbreaks. And as I said, we've seen that happen in Europe. People are dying in Europe in 2019 because of measles, because people have chosen not to vaccinate. And so the real risk of these kind of sentiments to not vaccinate are that 
the community at large gets put at risk and these diseases that were once rare in Canada come back, people will get very sick and some people will die of some of these illnesses if we drop our guard for vaccination. I work in the emergency department and I see children and adults who get sick very sick from illnesses, some of which could be prevented through vaccines. And when you've seen or been involved in a case of meningococcal meningitis, where a young, healthy adult has died because of meningococcal meningitis and they've left their young children behind, and you know that a vaccine could have prevented that, it frankly breaks your heart. And you want to do whatever you can to make sure that no one else dies from a disease like that, especially when a safe and effective intervention is available. Don't miss our next episode as we talk about cannabis edibles. This podcast is brought to you by the Ontario Medical Association. This podcast is not intended to provide medical advice for specific situations and is for general educational purposes only. Please consult your doctor if you have symptoms or questions about your health.